welcome back to the Promethean Perspective. I am your host, Emily Ryback. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. Today's episode, I am super pumped for. It's, it's going to be a good one. We're going to talk all about discernment. I'm going to offer you guys um, some tips for religious life and resources on just how to discern religious life. I notice a lot of you, whenever you probably hear the term religious life or like vocations or discernment, you're like, okay, tuning out, muting. I don't want to hear any of this because I want to be a mom or I want to live a single life or I'm going to be a dad or whatever. But I think this is really important to talk about. And I know some of you guys will really love this topic. Hopefully you'll love my perspective on it. I am right there in the mix with all of y'all. I am discerning life. I'm discerning religious life. I'm discerning married life. I'm discerning it all. And so I'm kind of right kind of right in the middle of everything right now. And so I just thought I would share some of my perspectives with y'all of what's been helpful for me thus far, what's not been helpful for me, and how I'm uh, managing this walk right now and kind of learning and growing. And I thought I would share that with y'all because hopefully in some small way I can help another person out there who may be walking this exact same walk because a lot of us just graduated from high school and from college. And so we're ready to make our next step in life. And so... I was super pumped when I had this idea about doing this kind of a podcast and then I was like I was gonna write everything down and then I was just like no man like I have this message kind of just like already written on my heart because I'm so pumped and passionate about this topic and I'm so ready to share my perspective with you guys that I was just like I don't even need notes like I I know exactly what I want to say what I'm gonna say to the people because like y'all God is good and God's got a plan and like every time I start thinking about God's unique plan like man I just get fired up like hold me down (laughs) it's super exciting to talk about also if you guys listened to one of our previous episodes from season two unshakable God in uncertain times I actually delved into a little bit of my own um Uh, vocational discernment and all of these kind of things that we're going to be talking about in today's episode. I actually delved into a little bit of my own personal story. So if you guys want a little bit of a backdrop of my own experience and just kind of where I'm coming from, I think you guys would enjoy going back and listening to that episode for sure because it's a good one. And it was a very vulnerable one. And so um, if you guys listen to that, you'll kind of understand a little bit better where I'm coming from and just kind of like, I guess my perspective is on all this so but before we do any of this before we get into this awesome topic I gotta tell y'all my glory story so let's go but before we do any of this before we get into this awesome topic I gotta tell y'all my glory story so let's go So my glory story for this week is my sweet, sweet grandma. She turned 81 today, so happy birthday, Bopsha. I call her Bopsha because Bopsha is Polish for grandma, and she's my sweet, sweet little Polish grandma. And she is just like, like when you think of like your dream grandma who's like fun and like classy and like um, sweet and just like got a personality and like a spunk to her. Like this is, this is, this is who Bopsha is. She's just like a walking party. (laughs) She's amazing. She's taught me a lot in just like her whole experience of like growing up in Europe during the Holocaust and being an eight-year-old girl who gave bread to Jewish families um, and she would bring bread to like Jewish girls at her school that didn't have any food and um, talking about like her father who was, um, 
shot by the Nazis and and how he was in the concentration camp for like the last two weeks of World War II and how in her backyard they used to have to put glass down so that no one could come like up to the house like you couldn't walk up to the house um, for protective reasons and like all of these stories and amazing memories and just lessons that she's taught me from her life she is just a true fighter and she's beautiful and she's been through so much and fortunately this past year she moved from Florida up to um, North Carolina so we've been able to see her a lot lot more and unfortunately due to the coronavirus um, that's kind of dampered things just a tad and I'm so blessed to have her as my Bopsha. So on her 81st birthday today, I want to wish you a happy birthday, Bopsha. You're my glory story for this week. All right, y'all, let's hop into today's episode. I'm going to be giving you nine tips and resources for discerning religious life. Now, if you think, okay, I'm a guy, this is just for girls, I defer don't need to listen to this, you may be wrong. Um, I'm going to predominantly be talking about religious life, but there might be some things in here that you can actually pull away from this if you are a guy discerning priesthood or other kind of religious lives. Um, definitely stick around. We're going to have a good chat here. I'm super excited about this episode, as I've already stated. So I'm literally not even going to banter anymore. We're just going to jump into it because I want to talk about this topic a lot because regardless of Whatever stage you are in life, it's important for every person in the church to know some, like, practical to tools for vocational discernment. Um, so, like, if you go back to, like, the root of the word uh, vocation, um, you go to the Latin word vocari, which means to call. Um, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth says that each of you has a personal vocation, which he has given you for your own joy and sanctity end quote. He's referring to God there. Um, Our lives are meant to be a gift of love to the world. And I think that's what kind of gives me so much passion about this kind of conversation about finding your purpose in life and kind of finding your vocation is because the reality is our life is meant to be a gift of love to the world. And so in, in being so passionate about that that sentence and so enlivened by it I kind of came to the question in my life where I was like okay but like what does that look like and maybe I'm not alone maybe other people have asked themselves the same question where you get really passionate about something and and you feel this calling and this pulling and this tugging and and you want to do something wonderful out of love for God to the world and then you get to that practical question of like But what does that actually look like? And so I think it's really important to remember that for those of us that are baptized, um, through our baptismal vows, we are called to holiness. And also, it's extremely important to remember something that I've had to teach myself is that holiness looks different for each individual person because God works differently in each soul. And in a society that's so full of comparing and contrasting and and expectations versus reality and all these other kind of things, I think it's really important to remember that that your holiness, the path of holiness God's calling you to, is not going to look the same as as your sisters, as your brothers, as your cousins, your aunts, your friend. 
it's not going to look the same because God is uniquely working with you. God is calling you to a unique path of holiness because you have unique passions and unique abilities and unique talents and unique cons and unique pros to to your nature that God is going to use in a unique way because we're all different. And so God gives each person a particular mission in their vocation. And I truly believe that this mission lives lives dormant in the soul and is so often just waiting to be discovered. Um, so just remember that that quote from Benedict the Sixteenth that each of you has a personal vocation which he has given you for your own joy and sanctity. End quote. Okay, we're gonna delve a little bit into um, the matter of the call to consecrated life. Okay, in the Catholic circles out there, this is kind of like a a topic that. I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of ways this topic could go and I've I've talked to a lot of people and I've listened to a lot of talks from people where this conversation can either go really south and get a lot of disinterested individuals or it can be like a super inspiring thing. Um because I think something that we remember uh, or fail to remember is that the vocation to the consecrated life is a special call from God to follow Jesus. In, in a very unique way. Um, if you go to paragraph 916 of the Catechism, it explains that in the consecrated life, Christ faithful, moved by the Holy Spirit, proposed to follow Christ more nearly, to give themselves to God who is loved above all, and pursuing the perfection of charity in the services of the kingdom, to signify and proclaim in the church the glory of the world to come. So, I want to jump into nine tips specifically that I have for discerning religious life because we know that all Catholic members are invited, specifically women, are invited to take time of discernment before embarking upon their vocation because the Latin word discerni, uh, you know, means to separate. And so when someone is discerning a vocation to the consecrated life, it's taking that time to separate things from their regular duties, their regular days, in order to pray and discover God's unique plan. Now, I do just want to stress, <clears throat> I've heard people in the past describe this kind of process of separating as kind of like an isolating experience where you kind of just need to like get away from everything. Um, but I don't, I don't think that's necessarily true. And here's why I'm sharing my perspective on this is because your vocation is influenced by the reality of the world in which you live. And so when you take yourself kind of out of that, and you kind of ignore that reality of the world once you live, it's going to be a lot harder, and, it, and it's going to be like a lofty experience of trying to find your vocation of what God's calling you to do. And then once you are in the world and you're trying to pursue this vocation that's not working out, it's like it's a reality check that like you're called to pursue your vocation in the world in which you were put. That's why we were put here. So kind of kind of just remember that in, pers- in, in discerning that like to separate things and to set time, t- t- uh, time aside to, like, discover what God's calling you to. Make sure you're having that quiet time to hear his whisper. But don't isolate yourself from the rest of the world or, like, anything just because um, you're discerning a religious vocation. Because other things in the world and other experiences and what people think, it, it can influence and it can also assist you. Because we weren't put here on this earth for by ourselves for a reason, you know? So if you are currently open to discovering consecrated life or you have a sister a daughter a cousin a friend you know who is asking the question of religious life here's a few tips that 
I wish people had given me or that people did give me or have been giving me in my own discernment process. Um, the first one is, is do not be afraid. Now, this is kind of like within Catholic circles and even in the Christian realm. It's, it's a very cliche saying like Jesus says it to his disciples and, and popes, many popes have said it. JP2 have said it. They've stated it in cyclicals. It's a very like kind of like cliche saying within Christian circles. If you guys know what I'm saying, you guys know what I'm saying. Do not be afraid. But there's a lot of depth to it because it's a reality of like, man, this is we're embarking on a whole new path here. You know, it's a road less traveled for sure. And like there's so many uncertainties and like, you know, by now I kind of have the life skills and like the awareness of like, okay, I was to be a mom. I've watched my mom do this, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, whoa, if I was going to be called to religious vocation, I didn't grow up in a convent. I don't know how that works, you know, um, but, but regardless of all the uncertainties, you know, just remembering that God has got this. So one thing I just want to encourage you, tip number one, is just to ask the Lord to make you desire his desires. Um, so often I think we ask God to like reveal things to us or like make things easier, but sometimes we need to ask that question of unifying what we want with God, um, so that we're on the same page with God. Tip number two, something I would do is to create a timeline. Usually a year of serious discernment can provide a lot of clarity. Now for myself, I've been discerning for many, many years and I do have some clarity, um, but not the fullness of what I would like, obviously. So it is just varies on the individual of, of what clarity looks like for you in your life. What is, um, I don't want to say comfortable because you're not always going to be comfortable with what God's calling you to because God calls us to radical things sometimes. But take, make sure you're taking that time, like a serious timeline of discernment. Um, so just so that you're not like just jumping into things that are like preconceived or malnourished in thought processes or anything like that. Because um, obviously, you know, we can't control God's timing, but we can do the hard work of of discerning things thoroughly on our end and then going forth in peace. Um, I think a lot of times women, young girls, um, young ladies about to go into the world, they kind of get sucked into a vortex of like perpetual discernment. And that is kind of very confusing and exhausting. So just make sure you're entrusting your vocational discernment into the hands of, of Mary. Um, and, and maybe like choose a Marian feast as like an ending date for like your discernment process. Because when we, when we don't have that kind of, I mean, this goes for anything. When we don't have this kind of like set time for like a goal or like time frame, <clears throat> we can really just exaggerate processes. And it's just, it's, it's exhausting to the mind. And, and it, it can actually turn us away from what God actually wants us because things may take so long that it makes us disdain them or something within that realm. So just make sure you're creating a timeline so you're not like spending 20 years discerning. And then by the time you're 40, you aren't pursuing that vocation you know what I'm saying like and I'm not saying you can't pursue a vocation at the age of 40 I'm just saying make sure you're not wasting time um it's important that whatever you're doing with your time um it's important uh whatever you're filling your minutes with is what you're filling your days with and that's what you fill your life with so just make sure you're spending that time ahead of time so that like if you do come to that point where it becomes very clear that God's calling it your religious vocation you've already had that discernment time to back it up and to give you confidence and encouragement, if that makes sense. All right, tip number three, pray, pray, and guess what? Pray. 
I know this is <clears throat> ridiculously obvious, but y'all, do we realize that like prayer is talking to the creator <clears throat> of the universe? Hold on, I get some water. Prayer is legit talking to the creator of the universe, guys. Our heavenly king. It's talking to God himself. And the things God can reveal to us in prayer time, it's just radical, man. It's it's so amazing. But I think I think a lot of times we end up confused in our discernment because instead of pray, 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 we're talk, talk, talking, or we're distracting ourselves or, or anything else that's leading us away from prayer. But seriously, guys prayer time it can't be overstressed if you want to figure out what to do with your life you you seriously need to entrust your your minutes to prayer um so a couple different forms of of prayer practices that i've found to be especially helpful is one of the first which would be obvious was is daily mass um i found this to be like the source and the summit of where i wanted to place my life and so that was a very uh key discerning moment for myself was when I went to when I went to daily mass and I saw where Christ offers himself has the source and the summit of my faith of, of everything I believe in of, of what my life is placed upon of who my rock is um I realized and I discerned that um I have that same desire to place myself um in the trust and in in the care of the source and the summit of what I want to be my life who is Christ um, so I want my life to be, I want my life to be Christ. And so in return, I, I discovered that the source and the summit of the mass, um, which is Christ is, is where I want my life to be lived and who I want it to be lived for. Um, so number two for tips of praying would be, um, make frequent confessions. Um, for those of you that don't know, confession within the Catholic church is, um, getting the, um, is going to repent to make acts of reparation and to receiving um, absolution from the priest or any clergy member of that level and beyond that can um, absolve us of our sins in persona Christi um, where he's in the body of Christ and he is literally um, taking away the stain of sin um, through the spiritual figure of the priest and so I know that for myself, um, making a frequent confession at least once a month has been profoundly helpful. Um, and I know many people who do confession every week, and the sacrament is indeed a source of incredible strength and grace. And that's something we definitely need along the journey is grace. So highly recommend confession. I personally wish I could go even more often than I do just because I am such an awful sinner. Um, but I do, I do definitely encourage frequent confessions because that is when you, when you become vulnerable and you share your faults and your sins and you give them all to God, when you're in a very vulnerable position like that, that is when God can just show you such, such beauty and such authentic, authentic love. Um, so I definitely, I definitely encourage confession. Um, I also encourage creating a space specifically for silence or solitude. Um, it teaches you to become familiar with the voice of the good shepherd um, so that, you know, when he does call in whatever way he does, you're able to recognize his voice. So just something that I've I've um, experienced in my own discernment is just just taking that time to to recognize what he sounds like, what the voice the shepherd's voice sounds like, so that when he does call you without an instant, know his voice and you can just take up your cross and follow him instantly. 
Um, I also encourage learning how to pray the liturgy of the hours. Um, this is obviously prayed by most uh, religious communities. So if you ever do end up going into a religious community, it's just great practice um, beforehand on a practical side as well, just because it can be a little tricky when you're first starting out. There's a lot of page turning and a lot of feast days and a lot of um, different you know, liturgical seasons. And so it can be a little tricky on the practical side of figuring out how to do Liturgy of the Hours. But also, there's so much um, tradition and depth and scripture within Liturgy of the Hours that can definitely um, be a source of, has, at least for me, has been a, a great source of meditative prayer. So that's that's a wonderful um, resource as well. Um, and lastly, for prayer, I recommend you to pray the Rosary. Um, Our Lady is the Star of the Sea. And she is a helpful guide to discernment. Um, so I definitely recommend entrusting yourself to some kind of Marian prayer like the rosary. All right, number four for tips on spiritual discernment. Um, something that I would recommend is finding some kind of a spiritual director. Um, so in my own experience of finding some kind of spiritual direction, I actually started off with um, my parents just because my parents, in my mind, they know me the best. Um, They've seen me grow and develop thus far in the spiritual life, and I'm very close to my parents, so I can trust them to be to be real with me and to be honest with me and to um, help me grow in the best way that I need to. And so my parents have always been a wonderful example of some kind of spiritual direction in my life. As I've gotten older, however, they have recommended that um, I do seek a little bit of further spiritual direction, which has been wonderful to have them guide me in such an authentic way but then also to see them so humble like hey um I think we're kind of ready to to find to find someone a little bit deeper maybe um and so that's been extremely beautiful to see how humble they are and how willing they are to like um lead my soul into another person's care just as they've carried me uh, carried my soul in such a, a beautiful graceful manner thus far so my parents were wonderful spiritual directors and hopefully you guys have parents like that in your life that can um, definitely guide you in in a very um, in a, a very beneficial way. If not, um, there's always the options of um, any layman that um, upholds the teaching of Catholic doctrine and the Catholic teachings and was, is a good Catholic in standings. Um, but then also you have the option of clergy members, um, deacons, priests, bishops. Um, you also can entrust your soul to um, religious uh, sisters, religious brothers. Um, anyone that really has kind of a spiritual um, awareness and are growing in the faith themselves and are in good standing with the Catholic teachings and all of that. Um, and sometimes, you know, just like your pastor may be able to provide, um, the priest at your local parish may be able to provide a, a spiritual direction or, or a recommendation or reference for you. Um, something I will um, let you guys know is just if you do ask someone for a spiritual director, um, to be your spiritual director just make sure you you have everything thought out beforehand of like why you want that specific person um because oftentimes if you ask someone to be a spiritual director um and they ask like why do you want me to be and you don't have a good answer um then usually it it's not very um doesn't it doesn't speak very much for why you actually um would like them to be your spiritual director so just make sure that you have like that all thought out like um, make sure you have a reason why you're choosing because a spiritual director is a very important a uh, very important um, role that you could um, entrust your soul to because they're I mean <laughs> they're guiding your soul which is um, either going to take you to heaven or not and so you kind of have to discern that for yourself for sure so 
um, finding a spiritual director, um, there's a discernment process that goes into that for sure. And then also, once you do find a spiritual director, that can be extremely beneficial because we're not meant to walk this path alone. So having the wisdom of a spiritual elder in the faith is is very beneficial and, and can prove to be very assistive to your vocation discernment process. So, I mean, you can contact the vocation office in, in your diocese, diocese. And I know that kind of like sounds a little big and scary, but um, the vocation director um, can also provide spiritual direction or, or give recommendations. Um, some priests are obviously, or some clergy members or whoever, they're obviously up to taking or are a little bit more up to open to taking new directee if they know that like it's a short-term commitment so like you could say something like would you have time to meet like three times in the next six months because i'm just starting my vocation um and you could also get on go on like a directed um silent ignatian retreat um or you could do like a one or two day retreat and work your way up to an eight day retreat no one says that there's like a specific set time for like how long you need to receive spiritual direction um i think it's just tuning into your soul and tuning into uh, where you need to be nourished and kind of guided. Um, and that's something that I myself have been doing. So um, tip number five would be to research and pray with the charisms. So as you're looking into various religious orders, whether that be Benedictine, Carmelite, Dominican, Francis- Franciscan, Ignatian, etc., etc., and their charisms, um, make sure that you're researching as far as you can and you're you're comparing and you're contrasting and you're and you're sitting with things and you're looking at your own life and seeing where your passions are and what what these orders do and what their charism, charisms are um, but also dive deep into the evangelical councils of chastity poverty and obedience um, something that I was um, encouraged to do whenever I kind of started my religious vocation process um, was to basically start like living um, the evangelical councils of chastity, poverty, and obedience. And so that was extremely helpful advice that I recommended, that was recommended to me because it taught me how to kind of like begin to form myself to, um, these councils, which are embraced by religious orders so that you're just a little bit more, um, the person that God wants you to be so that you kind of know yourself in a more authentic way, if that makes any sense. Um, and something that I've been doing in researching different charisms of different orders is, um, just like seeing if the charisms are attractive because they're good and holy or seeing if they're attractive because they're good and holy, but also because, um, you already kind of have that passion or that pull or that tug in your life to begin with. Um, I, I had a friend growing up who, um, she was very attracted to, um, the spirit, the sisterhood, I guess you could say within a religious order. And she, she was like, these sisters are so holy and they love God and I, I love God and and I'm attracted to their sisterhood and how they're pursuing God together and so I really want to join this order um, and something and, and this isn't to like speak badly or harshly of my friend um, but something that stood out to me was like well um, you could find good and holy um, a good and holy sisterhood outside of religious life um, and you can go closer to God outside of religious life um, Something that's unique to religious life is the charism. And so I would suggest that if you're not necessarily attracted to the charism and you don't really have an interest in it, um, it definitely is a, is a sign of, of maybe you're not called to that specific order. Um, and again, this is just my perspective. I'm not like accredited to like, I'm, what I'm saying is not infallible for sure, but I'm just give, sharing my perspective and hopefully this kind of help y'all with some things. Um, I'm just being real honest and sharing my own experience with all of this, but but definitely make sure that you're you're attracted to the charism of a particular order because 
um, you know, those charisms are inspired by the Holy Spirit, and, and God's going to call you to that in a very unique and specific way. Um, tip number six would be to learn more about active versus contemplative life. Um, so this kind of active versus contemplative life takes different forms within religious orders. Um, it can take on the form of cloistered, monastic, mendicant, um, contemplative, active, and, you know, so on and so forth. There's, there's many others. But um, the Council of Major Superiors for Women Religious and the Institute on Religious Life are excellent places to start learning more about active versus contemplative life. And also the Catechism has excellent um, segments in there. I don't remember the numbers exactly, but I'm sure if you could just go to the glossary, you'll be able to find them. But um, definitely look into these resources. I'll state them again. But the Council of Major Superior for Women Religious, and then the other one is the Institute on Religious Life. They're excellent places to start kind of discerning um, the form of religious life. Um, number seven Spend time with other people who are discerning. Now, this definitely has pros and cons. Um, I had an individual in my life who was discerning a particular um, order, and I actually found that, like, um, what sh this particular order that she was called into is a very beautiful order. I was very, very happy for her. She was so passionate about it, but it just wasn't, it wasn't, um, wasn't what I felt called to. I didn't have any kind of inclination to or peace with it and so spending time with this other person who was discerning kind of was is a really cool experience of me just realizing like oh hey beautiful your call to that I'm so happy to see you're so passionate about it but like or you're so passionate about it but realization for myself that I don't have that same passion for this specific religious order and so God can reveal things to you about yourself through other people sometimes so just remember that um, you know, a lot of times the diocese will offer women's discernment weekends or like Miriam dinners or discernment houses. If you're like on a college campus or something like that, just make sure to take care, um, take advantage of those kind of resources. And, and I'm not saying you need to go out and find someone who is discerning religious life. Um, just kind of let people into your path, if that makes sense. Let people cross paths with you um, in a good way, obviously. But um, don't don't kind of make this process like an isolated process don't make discernment like a this is me and god kind of a thing while it is definitely inclusive of you and god it is also inclusive of your brothers and sisters in christ who are here to guide you and direct you and and vice versa so um tip number eight would be it's kind of a big step but start visiting sisters a lot of religious communities have come and see weekends and there's such actually incredible opportunities because you were able to receive like the reality of the community of the sisters you're able to listen to the vocation stories they're able to you know trivial serious questions experience their prayer community life their apostolates um definitely something a beautiful experience because it, it kind of takes this kind of like big scary lofty idea of religious life on a practical level of like okay these are just these are just people just like me who um, were just as scared and just as confused um, who are responding to God. So I think when you kind of take that on a practical level and meet, meet serious, real people behind, like, their their habit, um, it kind of puts things into perspective, and it definitely makes you a little bit more comfortable with the whole, you know, discernment process. Um, my last and final tip, and also I actually – wait, go back into – go back in – go back to um, – well, wait, okay, so I had some resources about uh, tip number eight about, like, some places you could find Come and See Weekends. Um, one of them that I'm the most familiar with right now is actually the Soul community. It's the Sisters of Our Lady of uh, the Most Holy Trinity. They're actually having a Come and See 
And if you guys, those are the, they're like the ones I'm the most familiar with. But if you go to the SALT website, um, they have a whole list of like other religious communities and when they have come and see. So definitely go check that out if you're interested. Um, sorry, I just forgot that minor detail. Moving to tip number nine, ask for intercession. Guys, I didn't realize like until, until I kind of started this journey myself that like so many saints have walk down the same path and so many paints saints and just um laymen lay people in the faith and um people who uphold the catholic faith and and pursue jesus there's so many examples that have gone before us so ask for their intercession ask for the intercession of um with saint ignatians of the lord of loyola he has this beautiful prayer which i i prayed that god would just imprint it on my heart when i first learned it because it, it spoke so deeply with me and I, I'll share it with y'all right now because it's just it's still there on my heart and it burns so vibrantly that that um it, it's definitely like a compass like if that makes any sense like it was like an intercession of Saint Ignatian that has been kind of burned upon my heart and it helps definitely direct me in this whole discernment process like a compass so I'll speak it for you guys um nay Father, Son, Holy Spirit take Lord and receive all of my liberty my memory my understanding, my entire will, all I have and call my own, you've given to me. And to you, Lord, I return it, because everything is yours. You will do with it what you will. Give me your only love and your grace, and let that be enough for me. Amen. May Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So, like, definitely search out um, saints that, that you can ask to intercede for you um, and, and kind of ask them to help you, help guide you kind of put that compass upon your heart like this prayer has for me um which is just spoken basically very sincerely about abandoning yourself to whatever it is god wants you to do that everything everything of my life is his and and that he could do whatever whatever he wills with it and just begging him to to give me his only love and his grace and let that letting that be enough for me um has been a beautiful a beautiful experience in in prayer of mine thus far so um, yeah, those are my nine tips on discerning religious life. I do have some excellent resources for you guys. Um, so you can't discern what you don't know, right? So, um, some books to read would be, um, Union with God, Letters of Spiritual Direction by Blessed Columba Marmion. Um, it was, this was St. Teresa's, uh, Teresa of Calcutta's, like, favorite book. So guys, it's gotta be a good one because she was an amazing person. So this is her favorite book. So that kind of speaks for itself. Um, the next one would be And You Are Christ, The Charism of Virginity and the Celibate Life. This one's by Thomas Dubé. Excellent writer. Highly recommend it. Um, a Right to be Mary um, by Mother Mary Francis. The other one is Chastity, Poverty, and Obedience, which we discussed as the Evangelical Councils. But um, Chastity, Poverty, and Obedience, Recovering the Vision for the Renewal of Religious Life. And that one's also by Mother Mary Francis. Another book that I've read by Sister Claire Mathias would be Discerning Religious Life. And another one I loved was um, an Ignatian Guide for Everyday Living, The Discernment of Spirits. That one's written by, um, oh, I forgot his name. I think it was Father Gallagher. <laughs> I can't remember. I think it was Father Gallagher. Um, I'm not positive. I'm sure you can look it up and it'll just pop right up. Um, then last one would be um, Discerning the Will of God, An Ignatian Guide to Christian Decision Making. Um, so you guys can tell that like discernment process is really strongly um, encouraged by <laughs> the Ignatian kind of spiritual direction he has some wonderful resources out there and i believe that one's also by father gallagher but again i'm not positive um also oh wait wait, wait i forgot there was one more book that i just recently read and i was like 
I gotta tell them about it. It was so good. It was by JP2. I can't remember the name of it. Oh, it was uh, Vita Cantacrata. That's what it was. And it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, segment written by John Paul II. I highly encourage you to read it. So those are just some reading resources um, for you on your discernment path. Um, also, something that I saw a film a few years ago that was so inspiring to me. You know, sometimes things just get hit home whenever you, like, have that amazing background music or, like, just kind of experience or just scenery that just really hits things home for you. Um, something that did that for me was um, a short film, which you can, like, find on YouTube, and it's called For Love Alone. I showed it to my entire family, and it was just so, so beautiful. That, that was something that I just had to remind myself, and that I'm still reminding myself, is, like, it's not about, it's not about, you know, what you are and what you're supposed to do. It's about whose you are and for whom you're going to do it. Um, and that was just something I kept telling myself, and that I keep telling myself. So, if you guys are in the same boat as me, if you're starting to discern religious life, or you've been discerning life forever, if you've never even thought about religious life or discernment, um, hopefully this episode was extremely beneficial to you. And I had an awesome time I'm talking about it because I love this topic. I love sharing my thoughts because this is where I am. This is my walk in life. This is this is what I'm going through and this is what I've, I've gone through and I love sharing my perspective with you guys because I know in some way God is going to use my little tiny voice to do something beautiful and hopefully you're the beautiful person it impacts. So until next week, I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week and that God is blessing you guys all abundantly in your discernment and in your vocation. Until then, God bless.